did God say? If you don't agree with God 100%, he will tell you, you will be like. And he wants you to be like. And it's always a deception. The world wants you to be like them. There are so many thoughts running through my mind that I don't want to move into those areas. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. This is too loaded. Be transformed. That's the only thing I'll focus on. Even that very briefly. Next week we'll look at it again. Many of us are not being transformed. That is why you cannot answer the question clearly to bet or not to bet. To masturbate or not to masturbate. To gamble or not to gamble. You are looking at the benefits, the end results, quick money, fast one. Look, look at the adverts. If, if you are a statistically biased person, do your own calculation. Where do they get the money from to give to you if you win? Where do they get it from? It's from the thousands and millions of people who have lost. They take part of it and give to you. And they advertise it as if this is, the, this is the best way to make money. You'll be like them. And you too, you foolishly follow them. Okay, and you lose week one. You lose week two. You lose week three or next week they will win. And it keeps happening. Sometimes, out of the blues, you win one. Then you are so excited. Oh, that thing is good. Then you continue. Week five, you lose. Six, you lose. Week thousand, you lose. And you, you, you are still hoping that that day will come again that you win the big one. And the big one never comes. And then you get into an addiction. I, I had a math, math teacher, one of um, distant relatives from my hometown, who taught me maths. And he started playing the lotteries. And his, when he started, he told us that his reason for starting was that he wanted to prove that lottery is mathematics, it's the statistical, and it's not by chance. He's dead and gone. So he started, and he wasn't proving his theories, and he was losing, he was losing a lot of money. If I don't remember, he ever won anything, not even to look, talk about anything substantial. I don't know what came along the line. He started drinking. His life was a big mess and a wreck before he died. Don't be deceived. The world will try to conform you into their mold. Do not be a living sacrifice. Let your living body, your body that is alive, put it on the altar of God. Stay in his presence. Let him burn you with the fire from above. And he will find you transform you, change your mind, change your attitude, change your heart, change everything about you, then you begin to see things from his perspective. Growing up as a Christian, there was a terminology that we learned. I don't hear it being talked about these days. And it came from this verse. The terminology came from this verse. You see, there are some things that you don't know whether it is right or wrong, but we used to say that God has given us a sanctified common sense. You know, last week during the discussion, we were talking about common sense. Sometimes some of the things that we should do is common sense. Sometimes the common sense is wrong. Common sense is not always common. Common sense can mislead you. 
the way for your common sense not to lead you and to lead you aright is when you allow your mind to be transformed by the word of God. Then your mind is no longer your own mind. Your common sense is no longer your common sense. But it's a common sense that has been transformed by the renewing of your mind in the word of God. That common sense has now become sanctified. That common sense has become divinely led by the Holy Spirit. So even when you don't know the truth about something, that Holy Spirit just tells you through your mind, this is right. I experienced some of these things practically and I didn't understand. I remember my last days in the working with Twitter. There are some times that I didn't learn marketing anywhere. Auntie, Auntie Jivan, go they learn marketing. Go first class in marketing. Me, I didn't learn marketing anywhere. I learned marketing practically. I'm an engineer. Then I started talking with high-level marketers. And sometimes you talk, talking to them, you don't know what they are talking about. But on the spot of the moment, you just get some, some I won't say common sense, but some, it's a sanctified one. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And just comes, and you speak it, and it's like all of them they look at you and say, wow. Meanwhile, you are not a marketer. I don't know why I'm digressing. Maybe this might help somebody. I don't know who it will help. I remember one time we had a global aviation meeting and the head of total aviation was there. That was the first time that I met him at a cocktail. And that's what she chatting. I mean, I had done so many things in total Ghana. I mean, shifted our market share and all that. So I was known globally. I was known everywhere. So as we were chit-chatting, I came across this man, I greeted him, and then we chatted for a while. Then he got to know us from Ghana. He said, ah, are you Bijou? He said, yes, I'm Bijou. Okay, Bijou, look, we, we are thinking of signing this global contract with uh, uh, KLM. KLM had just met with uh, Air France. You know, uh, Air France is uh, controlled by France. So they wanted to sign a global contract with Air France, an evergreen contract, a, a contract for all eternity. And the only condition is that we'll give them the lowest margins in every country that they operate in. Then he asked me, what do you think? Do you want to sign anything? I said, I told him no. And it was like, and for all the people around, they, they were shocked. They were looking at me and said, ah, what is Bishu doing? You didn't know, do you know he's talking to the boss, the global boss. Look, he's about my boss, about six or seven levels before I can get to his level. The global aviation manager for Total. And immediately I said, no. He said, that is it. We are not signing that contract. And he did not sign the global contract. It is not my knowledge. It's not my wisdom. This came from the Holy Spirit. And later when we came to God and I explained to my empty wife, I said we will not sign that contract. And he agreed with me. Listen. These things we are talking about, they are real. Though. Some of these experiences that you've been hearing from some of your friends about studies, because I know studies is your number one priority. It's real. Let me get there. A second scripture I want to look at. Colossians 3 verse 16. Let the word of God dwell richly in all wisdom. Let it dwell in you richly. Many of us, it does not even dwell in us scantily. Even reading it, we don't read. Yesterday we asked those who were, a few of us who came for the church workers meeting, we asked them, why have you reached? I think it was only one person who said, I read Leviticus. You, why have you reached? I won't, I won't call you out, but answer for yourself. Where have you reached? Have you started at all? 
all you know about the Bible is that Uncle Nicholas said, or Uncle Bethmo said, or the last time Auntie Gina was preaching, she said this. You don't even know what is in the Bible. Even when you say it, you don't want to read it for yourself. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let it be rich in you. That is the way you can have this sanctified common sense you are talking about. You see, your brain can be developed to be so sharp that you don't learn much, but whatever you learn, you retain it. I think I've shared the first Why am I digressing? I want to go to the person who pray. The time is going. And then we'll continue next week. I think I've shared with you before. Pastor Rama, uh, Jinkan shared this at one of our camp meetings. He said there was a time that he decided to read 10 chapters of the Bible every day. It, look, it looks so impossible. How many of us have read 10 chapters of the Bible at one sitting before? Lift your hand, let me see. A few of us. Well done. You see, it takes a certain tenacity, a certain hunger, a certain drive to get into that realm. I can tell you, even the facilitators, many of them are struggling to read 10 chapters a day. Facilitators are my line. I know. Because I myself, I was there. There was a time I decided I was going to read one book a day. It looks impossible, isn't it? I read it for a while, then I became indisciplined. But at least at me, they are tried. You, the 10 chapters, don't let's go to 10 chapters, even three chapters a day, just three. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let it be rich in you. Let it be said that anything that comes out of your mouth is the word of God. Some of you say you don't know how to witness. But when you are with your friends, you can gist, you can chat, you can talk about fashion, you can talk about your dress, you can talk about school, you can talk. Even those of us who are part, you can talk. You talk the things that are in your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is in your heart? Let the word of God be rich in your heart. Then when you open your mouth, it is the word of God. When you open your mouth, it is a song. When you open your mouth, it is a word of exhortation, a word of encouragement, a word of hope, a word of healing to somebody. That is the Christian life. He said, during the church workers, I'm digressing a lot. I want us to pray. Even on the last exhortation, I want to, I haven't gotten there. The, yesterday, the church workers, and those of you who have not been coming for church workers meeting, shame on you. Yes, a big shame on you. At the church workers meeting, we're having a discussion about our experiences of witnessing. And many of us were not doing it. And I know about 80-90% of us here are not doing it. I lie. Am I lying? You see, you cannot say I'm lying. So it's true. And we asked, and one of them said something. I wanted to comment on it, um, but I didn't have the chance to comment on it. She said, she spoke to somebody, but it wasn't planned. And the comment I wanted to make is that that is rather the right attitude. Witnessing should not necessarily be planned. It must be in your heart. In fact, when you see human beings, you should not see human beings. You must see people going to hell or go to heaven. 
And that can only happen when the word of God dwells richly in you and you know what eternity is like. Pray that God will give you a vision of hell. It will change everything about you. I don't want to, I was going to share an experience that I had, but I, I would not. But let the word of God dwell in you. Read the Bible, oh, read the Bible for yourself. You know that as Teen Chapel or as Youth Ministry, ICGC, there are four pillars that we have. Hey, if I ask this one, I've got trouble, oh. What's the first one? Samaba. What's the first pillar? Nobody knows. <laughs> Trouble. What is the first youth pillar? I see. Olivia, if you don't know, or you don't, you don't, you don't want that to answer. I will not be discouraged. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there are four pillars. Gracie, where are you? Come, 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 come. We had a covenant yesterday. Come. Forget about the shoe. If you, if you just remove your shoe and come. We are praying that I'll forget. Eh? I don't forget things like that too. Come on, give a clap for her. Clap for her. She's done well. Tell us something, anything. Anything. Tell us something. About what? Anything. Ah. You can talk, Papa. Tell us something. Anything you want to tell us. About what? Anything. I don't know about anything. Anything. Yes. Next time to be your turn. Will you come? Or you come? Now you are not looking at me again. You don't want to look at me. I'm using this as an illustration. She can talk, Papa. Those of you who know her, you know that she can talk, can't she? She can talk, Papa. Yesterday I told you, I gave you an assignment. I said, I'll call you to say something. And you asked me what you should use. I said, I don't know, just anything. Just get ready. And I gave you a blank. She just say anything. You don't know what to say. After church, you come and hold me and start talking plenty. But it's what I'm trying to say is this. Is it when you are full of something, you, you don't care who is around, you just want to let it out. When the word of God dwells richly in you, if you see a stranger, you see that stranger as is this person, does this person have Jesus or not? If you die now, what will happen to this person? And there's a certain strong desire to share something with the person. You see, when this becomes your lifestyle and plan talking to others about Jesus Christ, then you can have your planned one where you can decide every Friday or every Saturday or every day when I go to school, I'll witness, I'll do this and that. Are you hearing me? 
So let witnessing be spontaneous. Before you, it can be spontaneous, it must be, you must be full of it. Anyway, the four pillars of ICGC youth ministry. The first one is spirit, stewardship, skill, and service. Who hasn't heard that before? Who has heard it before? Shame on you. So some of you don't even know whether you have heard it before or you haven't heard it before. Facilitators, we have work to do. This uh, assume shyness in this church. It's too much. It's assumed. You are not shy. You are not shy. You let's close church now and see. I wish I could hide a secret camera and capture some of you that claim you are shy. Anyway. The last thing I want us to focus on before we enter to the last session of prayer is that today, you know, I talk about the four, four pillars, spirit, stewardship, skill, and service. So all that we do in the youth ministry must be along one of these four pillars. You know, ICGC as a church, we have four pillars. What are the pillars of ICGC? What's the first one? Huh? What do you say? No, I don't know if you ask you. What, what's the first pillar? I can't hear. Okay, let me come to some people. Give me one pillar of ICGC. my time. I don't embarrass you. I'll start embarrassing you. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to use you to illustrate something. Break this thing of shyness. We have, we have, teen chapel members should not be shy. If I ask you to stand, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be an issue. If you cannot stand before your own peers, 
How can you go and stand in parliament? Or how can you go and stand in front of 3,000 people and market your products? So when I do something, I'm not embarrassing you, even if you feel embarrassed. Okay, let me give you an assignment. Go and, go and look for the fourth one. Talk of uh, breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer. Go look for the fourth one. Huh? What do you say? It's not doctrine. Okay, see, you want to talk? Teaching. Okay. You are going around it, but you're not hitting it. Yes, it's related to doctrine. It's related to teaching. It's the word of God. The word of God. It's the word of God. The word of God. Okay. The apostles teaching the word of God. Okay. And then, so let's 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 let me finish off what I wanted to do. So I will spend at least five minutes in prayer. I'm going to I'm going to mention some points, and I want us to think and reflect on them. All of us as Christians, you know, we, when we come to church or when we are at home and we pray, whenever we engage in any form of Christian activity, whether it is corporate or it's on an individual basis or even when you are relating with people in society, there are a number of things that becomes the focus And there are so many areas of the Christian life. Many of us, unfortunately, focus on only certain aspects of the Christian life and neglect other aspects of the Christian life. And we grow up to be not balanced people. And this normally will happen to us because we are not allowing the word of God to dwell richly in our hearts. Okay. The first one is worship. Worship. The love of God. We know that you know, the scripture says that the, the first and most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all that. The third one is loving your neighbor. The fourth one is character development. The fifth one, and this is where most of us focus on, blessing from God. Ah, God bless me. I take it. I receive it. I declare. I possess we are very, when it comes to that, we are very good. The seed one is blessing God. We are very weak at that. We hardly bless God. What do you do to make God happy? That is the reason why even when you, when you come to worship and they say lift your hand, you cannot lift your hand. It's like this. Oh. Because it's not yet in your belly. And then seven God. These are seven quick ones that I just put down as I was thinking. Now, now I want you to focus on the kind of things you pray about, the kind of things you think about, the kind of things you desire when you're thinking about God. Where does it normally follow? Where does it normally fall? And you realize that most of it falls under blessing from God. True of us. But the truth is that we must develop character. 
And then we don't learn to develop character. That is why we find it difficult to answer the question to bet or not to bet. Let me tell us Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that all of us, we used to be under the spirit that leads people to do the wrong thing that makes us to disobey God. That was our past life. That's why some of us could steal. We could lie. And some of us are still doing it. So it means that we are still under that influence even though we are born again. I talked to us about being conformed to the world. We shouldn't be conformed to the world. There's a certain spirit behind a lot of things that happen. And you mustn't forget this. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. But we fight with spirit beings. And a lot of times, these spirits lead us to do things that we don't want to do. And sometimes when we are in the church, speaking tongues, we even do our quiet times, we read our Bible and all that, and we allow these spirits to deceive us, we can do things which are not right in the sight of God. Is it making sense to you? I don't think so. We'll talk about it again next week. Some of you, the reason why you are struggling with fornication is because there's a spirit that is harassing you. You do it, you feel bad. You know what you are doing? You are, you are enjoying it too. You finish, then you feel bad. You feel guilty. Uh, tomorrow, it will happen again. Then you want to stop. You don't want to do it. But before you realize, you do it again. Then you, sometimes you ask yourself, what is wrong with me? The thing that is wrong with you is that you are allowing a spirit to control you. And sometimes when it becomes very excessive, you need some form of deliverance. But reading the word of God, praying, meditating on the word of God can get you delivered by yourself. You don't necessarily need anybody to pray with you. But sometimes when it becomes excessive, you need deliverance. Am I talking to somebody? And because the devil wants us to be conformed to the world and the scriptures doesn't want us to be conformed to the world, they send out all kinds of lying spirits and they deceive us. There's a spirit behind betting. There's a spirit behind masturbation. There's a spirit behind all these wrong things, all these evil things. And to be free from them, you must be free from the spirits and be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be controlled and directed and led by Him. He will lead you into all truth and guide you into all truth. And He will help you to know the perfect will and mind of God. I've talked too much. I didn't want to talk too much. But I hope you have grabbed something for today. I wish I could come around and ask everybody, 
what, have, what, what do you pick from this? And because I can't, next week we'll come back to this same issue again. And then later we'll have a discussion session on these issues. But learn to be a full Christian. Learn to be a balanced Christian. It begins with allowing the word of God to dwell in you and to permeate your life so that the things that you think about and do are controlled by the word. If there's no word of God in you, the Holy Spirit cannot do anything with you because he uses the word in you and reminds you of the things that you have heard and read. Let's pray. Let's pray. Talk to God. What have you heard? What have you learned? What does it mean to you? What will you do about what you have learned? Until you obey what you have learned does not become a part of you. sincere with God talk about staying in his presence abiding in his presence lingering, hanging out with, with him until his likeness wraps of us and others can see his likeness in us the scriptures teach us what to believe don't look at me, pray the scriptures teach us what to believe and how to behave. So we need to know the scriptures. And so we need to read the scriptures. We need to allow it to feel us. And we need to tell others about what we learn. Father, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you continue to teach us about what this sanctified common sense is all about. Help us to spend time in your word and to hang out with you. That you teach us in your word and by the Holy Spirit and make us willing to obey. We shall not be conformed to the world but we shall be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We shall read your word. We shall talk to people about Jesus. We shall tell them what we are experiencing with you. What you teach us will also teach them. What you make us to understand will help them to also understand. I pray for Teen Chapel that you restore a spirit of prayer in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.